Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Kid Stays in the Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Cooper, and joining me is... Super Fan Cooper. Super Fan Cooper. Yeah. Where did that come from? Um, This movie that we're watching that we talked about. Oh, dumb. I'm dumb. Yeah. I feel dumb. I didn't get, didn't get that. I know. Yeah, but joining me as always is uh, Solomon Cooper, and we actually, we, we are going to have several shows in a row that are we're very excited about because a lot of movies that we both have been hyped up for mm-hmm. have been coming out and these are the most exciting kind of movies to talk about because as much as we love you know Batman and Spider-Man and the franchises uh, you know the Marvel and DC franchises uh, we it's really exciting to be able to discuss fresh new fresh we talked about that one time yeah, yeah we did uh, fresh new IP so um, this week, we have a heck of a show. We're going to be discussing just a quick recap of, um, you know, Marvel's Moon Knight and uh, Halo, both not original IPs. Um, Forgot about that. Here, we're going to have so much stuff to talk about. Yeah, we'll, we'll go through that pretty quickly. And um, then we're going to be discussing a movie that, you know, I feel like I just found out about this movie a couple months ago. And now it's already here. But we're going to be discussing the new Nicolas Cage movie. The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Yes, a movie in which Nick Cage plays as Nick Cage. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's just uh, bunny hop around on into this conversation. Wow. <laughs> okay. I guess if you don't want to say dive right in. Uh, don't say it. <laughs> That's how we curse our shows. Um, so yeah, let's, uh, let's get into it. I feel like we need to, whenever, I feel like we need to like have a little jingle that plays whenever you say, let's get into it. And it's like, let's get in. I don't know. Like a sting? Yeah. Like a stinger. Not a sting. Sting is a singer. No. That, okay. Um, anyway, so what do you want to do first? Halo or Moon Knight? Does it matter to you? Yeah. Doesn't matter to me. All right. Let's do Moon Knight then. I usually go Halo though. Look at my we, look at my bare feet are up here. I walk around barefooted now. I I am a monk, and all I do is walk around um, barefooted. I don't believe in shoes anymore. It makes me closer to nature. This is actually really uncomfortable, and I am very sad that he's doing this to me right now. So, um, Moon Knight, put your foot down. I, this is how I like to sit. Put it down. <laughs> Why? 
No one needs to see that. <laughs> um, Moon Knight, this week's episode was a really fun blend of Indiana Jones and Tomb Raider. What is wrong with you? You do this all the time and derail our no, conversations. A blend of Tomb Raider? Yeah, and so it, uh, just three characters for the most part. Three or four characters. No, really just three. Um, so yeah, if you're keeping up with Moon Knight, uh, you know, last time we saw Khonshu had been imprisoned by the other gods for rewinding the sky. Yep. Stripping Moon Knight of his Moon Knightiness. Yeah. So he's just not Moon Knight. He's no, he's just yeah, a just, dude. Now just a guy, uh, like a guy with disassociative personality disorder. That's fun. Uh, so yeah, they go into, they find an ancient tomb. They go through there. There's mummies. It's you know, kind of classic, classic Indiana Jones Tomb Raider. Yeah, exactly. Kind of stuff. But um, the kind of twist was uh, Steve or Mark or whatever his name is. Um, Steven and Mark, which one? Yeah, well, they both are the, inhabit the same body, so they both get shot. Oh, yeah. Um, and they fall into some kind of weird water thing, but when he wakes up, the twist is that he's in a mental institution. Yeah. And that the bad guy, what's, what is Ethan Hawke's character's name? I cannot remember. It's like Mawo, Mawo. It's like it's such an A. Well, whatever. Ethan Hawke um, is now his like therapist. We don't need to look that up. It's fine. We're, we're doing a quick Keep recap. Talk, it yeah, matter. Oh my gosh, uh, it's distracting watching you over there texting. You do it all the time. But when it matters, not when we're just blowing past it. Keep talking. Anyway, so uh, Ethan Hawke's character is actually um, their psychologist, or you know therapist or whatever you want to say um and uh yeah and he's just and all the other people that have been in the show are just other inmates in this asylum and this kind of like a lot of people thought this was a really cool little twist and it was fine ish like if that's all that it's in there right Mm -hmm. and it's just like a little trick that they're trying like that ethan hawk's trying to play on him and just make him think he's just crazy that's totally arthur by the way yeah, but that's not his bad guy name. So, <laughs> um, anyway, if it's all just a trick that the bad guy is playing um, on on Moon Knight to kind of confuse him, should we? It's so weird because you can't really call him Moon Knight. He's not Moon Knight anymore. Yeah, but it's but he has like so many names. Just call him Steve, Steve Mark, Mark Steve. Call him Meven. No, that's that's the dumbest idea. Fine, ever. call him Stark. No. Yes, call him Stark. We're gonna refer to him as Stark from now on. No, we won't. That's just gonna be confusing. You're full of dumb ideas. Maybe it's because you're uh, on your phone all the time. Harrow. That's what I was talking about. That's his last name. Yeah, Harrow. <laughs> that's what everybody calls him. Um. Anyway, so if it if this asylum thing is all just some kind of trick to make him think he's insane to trap him inside of his own head, mm-hmm. and they don't do it for very long, that's fine. But if they're gonna try and drag this out for an entire episode especially when we have two left or even half of an episode to try and trick us into thinking maybe he is crazy. That's just not going to work because I already don't believe it. So it's dumb. And the way that they shot that scene, I, we discussed this. Um, you see all the organ jars and stuff, right? Yeah. That you would normally see in tombs and they're all over this asylum and they don't shoot those from Steven or Mark's point of view, which would make it to where, that could be the hallucination of a crazy person, right? Yes. But they shoot it just generally. Like, it could be from anybody's point of view. hmm Which would be cheating if they turned out to just be part of his imagination. 
Um, the other thing is he finds a sarcophagus that's shaking and rattling. Someone's pounding inside of it, and he opens it up, and there's – is it Steve or Mark is in that one? Steven is because Mark – yeah. Yeah, okay. Mark takes over the body at the end or right before he gets shot. That's right. That's right. So, so he finds one of his other personalities in there. So again, you could say, well, he's just hallucinating that, and he's still in an insane asylum. It just doesn't doesn't work. Yeah, for me. I think it is just like his inside of his mind, and yeah. it's not like a trick. I think this is like something else. I don't feel like it's. That's Ethan what I'm Hunt. saying. Is they just do it like now? They just do it right now. They are just going to do that. That's fine. It wouldn't make any sense for them to do it any other way. Because a lot of times in every other movie, when they've done this it's trope, a movie, it doesn't matter. In every other form of media. Uh, I'm going to have to beat Solomon while you guys watch. <laughs> That's going to have to happen now because he's being a, a argumentative. I'm not even. Blankety blank. You said this is not a movie. Obviously doesn't matter. In any kind of media, you probably don't know anything yep. that printed on paper because you don't read. I do read. your illiteracy. Cap. But um, this trope has been done so many times that I have a horrible feeling that's what they're going to try and do. They're going to try and do that, play this as a red herring where they... They make, they're trying to make us think that maybe he is just a crazy person. I don't feel like they're going to do that. You don't? It felt like they were a little bit doing it already. There is a hippopotamus. Yeah. yeah, exactly. There was a hippopotamus that seems like something <laughs> a crazy person would see. And I was talking about, I, I mentioned this to Solomon before, but I was talking with one of my other friends about this. And uh, one of the things that he said, which it was for almost exactly the same reason that I had a similar response while well, like telling this, doing this sentence way backwards, uh, was the thing that was really dumb to him about that was they see this hippopotamus god, right? And they both scream and like clutch each other, and that's like the end of the episode. Yeah. Now I get it from like a cutesy poo kind of viewpoint that that was a funny, fun shot to get. Yeah. Right? It's like you can just see it on the script. You know what I mean? Mark and Steven scream, grab each other, cut to black. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it doesn't really make any sense. They're both, well, Mark especially, best friends with a much scarier looking Egyptian god than a cute little hippo with a headdress on. Well, I'm sure they're all very confused and in a very, like, frightened state of mind as of now. They got shot. They were running away from some people. And then they see a hippopotamus. I'd be scared. That's dumb. Yeah, you'd be scared, but you're scared of everything. Would you be scared if you were best friends with a creepy skull-faced bird god and you just now went spelunking and fought mummies to death? Like, killed them? That's true. That's fair. Yeah. And they just did that. And then um, and then they see a cute little hippo that says hello that's wearing a pharaoh hat, and they scream like little babies. That's true. They seem kind of silly. But anyway, Moon Knight's in a good spot. It's been a, a consistently entertaining show. It feels pretty light. Like, I don't know how important this show is. You know what I mean? Like, not just because it's not connected to the Marvel Universe, but it it doesn't seem like a very big show. You know what I mean? Like, it, budget-wise and everything, it seems good. But the story it's telling seems kind of small-ish for the stakes that they have. Hey, man. He rewinded the stars. Well, That's just, pretty big. And I, and we, But we don't really know what's going to happen whenever Amit comes out. So, every I don't know. Everything just feels like it only affects these, like, eight characters. You know what I mean? They don't feel... And, it, and it's not because they made the stakes lower. The stakes still are the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not necessarily the fate of the world, but of all of humanity. Technically, if Amit comes out, it seems like she could just kill half, kill the, half the population or more. Yeah. 
So it is still the stakes are actually huge, but you don't. It doesn't feel like a huge show. It feels just like a show about four people. Yeah. And look, it could change and whatever, but it's so far it's just been really enjoyable. And as long as they don't try and do a psych out thing with this psych ward, then I'm fine with it moving forward. Well, um, when I get into Halo, then. Oh, you didn't have any comments there. You just let no. me ramble on. Okay. Then I'm not going to talk during the Halo segment. You can just you can just talk about it. Go ahead. You can't have dead air. Wait. Okay. No, thank you. So are you going to talk at all, or should I just do this podcast with that tree? Uh, it's up to you. Do you think For, the for those of you who aren't watching, there's a, a plastic tree that has about as much to say right now as, as Solomon has been. <laughs> I talked earlier. Um, so just the, for the Halo thing, I'm only going to say one thing, and that's not – well, it's probably not true. What? I'm, I'm only going to talk about one thing, and that is a lot of the – story threads from last week's episode which was just about john finding out about his past and us finding about the spartans that kind of keeps going um some relationships are frayed blah 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 i'm not gonna get on this if you're watching the show you're watching the show but the thing i want to say for the people who are still kind of on the fence or maybe they haven't jumped into the show yet is that this actually gets us we got a great action scene in the first episode right yes but this actually shows us a full-on covenant attack so we're talking about we're seeing all the, the vehicles. We finally get to see the Covenant, meaning all of them. Yeah, the not Covenant just a, of, of, of alien species. Yeah, not just some elites. Yeah, not just the elites. So we see full-on grunts with needlers. Jackals. Jackals with energy swords. Um, elites driving ghosts. Yeah, elites driving ghosts. We see lots of banshees. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like, and I know I'm just saying a bunch of terms that don't mean anything to you if you don't like Halo, but... For the folks who've been complaining that they the show didn't feel like Halo-y enough because Master Chief takes his helmet off or it's been there hasn't been enough action, this really shows you that they are going to go there. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And they've already gone there, and it's only been what th- five episodes, I think this is. I don't know. It's been a while. Yeah. So, um, um, yeah, it, it was just a really great ending to that, and I think the story is finally set up in a good place. Um, we have the uh, orphan girl. Uh, I can't remember her name. Do you remember? Wait, I'm, I'm, don't look it up. The Covenant one? No, no, no. That she's Ma- Maki. Maki. No, she's cool. I wouldn't call her the orphan girl. The boring ass orphan girl who only wants to go avenge her dad, even though the Covenant are murdering everybody. Oh, that girl sucks. Yeah, she does suck, and she continues to suck the wind out of every scene that she's in. <laughs> so anyway, other than that, that side plot. I think they're doing really cool stuff with Master Master Chief. Cortana's in the show. We discussed that before. Cortana being back in the show, being in the show now, is uh, a blessing and a curse. There's nothing. Um, there's nothing cursey about it at all. She's literally the most cursed thing I've ever seen in my whole life. What? It's worse. It's like it's like. Are you gonna rant about her skin tones again? We already talked about that. Yeah. Talk about it every it's time. Got, it's got like it's like t- tooth Sonic. No, it's not. Feels like it. No, it isn't. It does. Tooth Sonic, by the way, is whenever they initially were doing the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, they had him have, what, CGI teeth? Yeah. Um, either way, it's not like that at all. And nothing, I don't see how you can say it's a blessing and a curse. You would rather her not be in the show then? No. It I said it's a blessing and a curse. Yeah, but if something's a blessing and a curse, you would want to just have neither of them. No. What, you wouldn't? You'd want to have the curse? Yep. <laughs> You're <sighs> Depending on how good the blessing is, and the blessing's very good. So dumb. Anyway, Cortana's great. It's great that she's in the show. Um, 
I think that we should take a quick break. Wow, we skipped past Halo so fast. I don't want to talk about Halo with you because you're going to just lather on about... Uh, no, Cortana I'll talk skin. about other things. Nope, I'm done talking about it. So let's take a quick break. We'll come back and talk about the massively... What is it called? The unbearable weight of massive talent. That's right. That's the only reason I'm here. That one. Because my dad has dementia. Taking a break. <laughs> now for a word from our sponsors. <laughs> And now, a word from our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Kids Days in the Podcast. We're going to be talking about the unbearable weight of massive talent. That's an interesting radio voice that you have. Thank you. It's like you have a voice for silent theater. <laughs> what? Gotta go, guys. Uh, I should have said silent television. I don't know what silent theater even is. Silent. I should have said he has a voice for miming. <laughs> Silent film, they did that back in the day. Yeah, that's what I should have said, but I said like, silent theater. You know, like singing in the rain? Yes, I know. I said I should have said silent film. I know. <laughs> so why are you explaining it said silent to me? television, Dad. Oh, my gosh. I'm, oh, it's so funny. First you messed up movie, and then you messed up television. I didn't mess them up. You're just arguing about them. So funny. Anyway, The uh, Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. This is a movie that kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, for those of you who've seen the trailers, you already know. Again, this is a full uh, spoiler podcast. If you couldn't tell from us talking about the shows. Yeah. Well, show recaps. I feel like people kind of should know that going in. But yeah, we are we do, do full spoilers. With this movie, I don't think it's necessary to, because it's not necessarily to discuss, necess, necessary to discuss the movie to go full, full spoilers. So um, we probably aren't going to like spoil very specific things about the ending. But if you just don't want anything about the movie spoiled then, you know, tune back in after you've already seen the movie. But for this movie, since this is not like Spider-Man or Batman that people are going to go see anyway, I'd like us to kind of pull back on doing any spoilers because I want people to go see this movie. You know what I mean? It's, it's only showing in one, right now, in Waco, it's only showing um, on one very small screen at each of the theaters about three times a day. So that means that I think that the theaters are not expecting it to have a huge turnout, Right. I have a feeling that a lot of people are going to end up catching this film on demand when it comes to streaming. Uh, I'd like to change that. So, yeah, even though this is normally a full spoiler podcast, general, we're generally going to be talking about the plot, but I don't think there's any reason to, can you to, to spoil really specific things. Yeah, I feel like this is just a, a, a good, safe way because there's no reason yeah. to not. Yeah, a lot of movies, I think that it's dumb to even do a pod. Like, like no one's tuning in to listen to an hour-long podcast about Batman if they haven't already seen it and want to hear other people talking about it. They're yeah. not like, well, I don't know if I like Batman. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so this this movie, um, oh, well, you know what? Don't Let's not get ahead of ourselves. I'll have Solomon do a plot synopsis for us. Ha, ha, ha. I'm going to destroy this. Go ahead. Um, so Nicolas Cage as Nicolas Cage 
is um, going through some going through some. What having, does that mean? Nicholas Cage is Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage is playing Nicholas Cage. Okay. So Nicholas Cage. So is this a documentary then? Nicholas Cage is playing himself. Everyone else is an actor playing not themselves. And to be clear, Nicholas Cage is playing a fictionalized version of himself. No, this is all real. No, it's obviously <laughs> that's not what I meant, but he's playing a fictionalized version of himself. He doesn't have a daughter named that. He doesn't have Yes. Okay. I know. So Nicholas Cage is playing a fake version of himself. <laughs> fictionalized. <laughs> that is a Nicholas Cage plays a fictionalized version of himself, and um, he's going through some financial issues. He's not getting any jobs, so he goes to a like a million dollar birthday party gig. And wow, uh, that's a weird way to describe that. You said Nicholas Cage is not making very many jobs, so he goes to a million dollar birthday party gig. What does that mean? <laughs> a gig worth a million dollars at a rich man's birthday party. So a rich man offers to pay him a million dollars if he will come to his birthday party. Dad, you're just ruining this for me. And then some stuff happens. Wow, that was the best plot synopsis yet. Don't you guys all agree? <laughs> it was so annoying because I just now read a summary of the movie and I was going to nail it. Yeah, well. And I couldn't because you kept being like, a fictionalized version of himself. Well, you were saying it, everything in a really confusing way. Oh, everything you say is so dumb. It's like talking to Yoda. So, yeah, so Nick Cage is, like Solomon said, playing a fictionalized version. Is your phone keep vibrating? Can you turn it off? Oh, yeah, there is Do Not Disturb. Yeah, because it's like vibrating up into the microphone. Sorry you have had to watch this housekeeping, Just, uh, but uh, it, was, it was vibrating right up into the microphone. Um. Yeah, so Nick, Nick Cage is playing, like Solomon said, a fictionalized version of himself. He m loses out on a, on a movie part, and he's in dire straits financially. And so his agent tells him that this Neil Patrick Harris, this bazillionaire, um, has offered him a million dollars if he'll just agree to come to his birthday party because he's a super fan. Mm -hmm. And that, that's what was my name, right? And so he reluctantly does this and uh chaos ensues yeah uh, so before we before we dive all oop, i said dive can't say that again Dad, hop around like a bunny <laughs> hop around seems like we're gonna dance around discussing it we already have enough problems doing that sometimes um before we get into the meat and taters of the plot <laughs> of this movie <laughs> uh, i want to kind of talk about the way that nick Cage is conceptualized. So this is a movie where, that opens with a scene from Con Air. Not a recreated scene with somebody else where it's an alternate universe, an actual scene of somebody watching Con Air. Yep. So this is a movie where Nick Cage has made all the movies that we've seen and loved. Yes. Um, and generally is this is uh, he, it's almost like he's a tabloid version of himself you know what i mean like what the tabloids would say about nick cage that's mm -hmm. kind of how he's playing this version of nick cage so it feels right but it also feels like a nicholas cage character it's kind of difficult to explain um but it's it's really fun the way that they use the meta around nick cage you know what i mean yeah there's a lot of easter eggs from different movies whether it's lines um props uh ways that he's 
screaming or emoting, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of these things are, are really nostalgic. The reason that I wanted to bring this up is because Solomon has not seen very many Nick Cage movies, so I don't I've know seen. how. I said not very many. I know. I was going to say, I was going to count them. Do I have two or three? I don't know. You count them. You're the one who said that you've seen The Rock, and I did not watch it with so you. So is Nick Cage in The Croods? Yes, he's a dad. I have seen both of those. No, I haven't seen the new one. There are references to the, there's a reference to the Croods as well. So I've seen Croods 1, I did see Con Air, and I saw The Rock. I don't believe you saw The Rock. I saw The Rock, Dad. What's it about? It's about these people who have to infiltrate the super, like the most highest of um, security prison on this big rock really far, far away. And I don't... It's in San Francisco, and it's Alcatraz. Yeah, Alcatraz. Yeah, I've seen that movie. Did, and I don't think you watched it with me, though. I haven't seen that I movie. I did watch it with you. I did not remember watching that movie. It was in the middle of the night in Dallas. Okay, maybe we did watch it. Um, and you've seen Color Out of Space. Oh, yeah, Color Out of Space. Okay, so I've seen like four. Yeah. But still, like, and he saw Con Air when he was like six. Yeah. And it was a master pancake thing, so it was like live mystery science theater where they're like making fun of the movie while it's playing. Mm-hmm. And then they started making fun of me for bringing my kid to go see Con Air, which is pretty rude of them. It's not that bad of a movie. Um, wow, where was I going with that? Oh yeah, so I just wanted to get that out of the way. Like, there's a lot of a lot of the references that they make not, are not just to movies. It is actually the way that Nicolas Cage is performing and the way that he'll start howling or the specific kind of cadence that he'll take with his voice. Yeah. And the, the modulations that he does where he just suddenly goes really loud or then really whispery, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of a gag in and of itself. Uh, but one of the things that I want to really, I don't know, really want to convey is that this movie is not this bizarro indie art movie this is just a really fun action comedy at the end of the day with just a really high concept yeah this movie is so much fun though like it like it's not weird at all well like i I didn't find it weird i invited my grandmother kind of harley to the movie and she declined because i sounded too weird for her and honestly i thought it was gonna be this gonzo bizarre movie so i didn't push it very hard because i didn't think that she probably would like it because i thought it was gonna be this weirdo movie yeah and which i would i love but mm-hmm. not everybody else does but it wasn't it was it was at the end of the day it was it was it was like nicholas cage's most popular movie action movies you know what i mean it has a really high concept you know in the in the rock it is the double thing of that you know poisonous bio weapon that basically melts your face off combined with the high concept of somebody breaking into a prison you mm-hmm. know what i mean yeah and then with con air it's you know what if a prison transport plane gets taken over by the prisoners you know what i mean you take this 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 one little high concept idea and then you kind of make a movie around it um with really good actors like, like a-list actors yeah you know the rock has nicholas cage ed harris um sean connery uh con air has steve buscemi um uh john malkovich you know what i mean like yeah and this movie has neil patrick harris nicholas cage pedro pascal susan horgan is that her name no sharon sharon horgan yeah who a lot of you will probably know as the uh as 
the second part of the two-hander show Catastrophe with Rob Delaney. Absolutely fantastic show, by the way, if you haven't seen it. I haven't. And she's hysterically funny. She's so good in this. I wish she was in it, the movie more. But, um, yeah, so you have a great cast in this. And the high concept, of course, being Nicolas Cage playing himself. That's the first part of it. And the second one is, and this is where we'll dive into the plot, is that once Nicolas Cage decides to accept this guy's offer and he goes to, they go to Spain? I can't remember where they where where they go. A Spanish-speaking country. Yeah, they go to a Spanish-speaking country. That makes us sound really ignorant. Um, but uh, and he meets Pedro Pascal's character, Javi. I love him. He's so adorable. But very quickly, and this is not really a spoiler. This is the plot of the movie. Yeah. Very quickly. Um, it's in the trailer. Yeah, very quickly he gets recruited by the FBI or CIA, CIA. Yeah, to spy on Javi. Um, because they believe that he has uh, kidnapped this uh, famous person or this uh, elected official's daughter. Yes. So now you have the high, the concept is kind of like doubled, right? So now you have Nick Cage playing Nick Cage, having to actually be a Nick Cage action character. You know what I mean? He's actually having to spy yeah. for the CIA. And it's as it's as fun as that sounds. It's not, like I said, it's, this is not really a very artsy movie. This is not a movie where I would say there's anything that spectacular about um, the score or... The cinematography. Yeah, yeah. It's just like a, it's just a fun movie. And can we talk about how amazing the chemistry between Pedro Pascal and Nicolas Cage Oh, yes. Is? Like, I think it's honestly goes down, like, as, like, you know, like Lethal Weapon and any of those buddy cop comedies. I think that the chemistry between him and from between Nick Cage and Pedro Pascal is fantastic. Yeah, it just is so it's so fun and so sweet and it feels so like such a such a real relationship, you know? Yeah, and it feels like it grows over the course of the movie. You yeah, know, from like, like from the time they first meet to then when they're like watching Paddington Two together. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, it does. It feels like a natural a natural relationship. And um we were we were talking about this on the drive over here, but this is really is like a star making not not that not that we haven't all known that pedro pascal is amazing amazing for a long time he's a wonderful man but like uh there's always there's and i hope this movie takes off and this is not another example of it but there's always been something that kept him from getting to that next level you know what i mean mm-hmm. like he finally got a big role in a huge movie a huge like a, a superhero movie in wonder woman but it ended up being like a really middling movie that nobody likes for the most part you know, this is a podcast, so you're going to have to say I know, I'm what you're sorry. on your face. Just, they heard the sigh. That's not helpful. That movie was so disappointing. Yeah. I feel so bad for Pedro Pascal. He did good in that movie. Yeah, he does good in everything. He is so good. And he was he was in he was great in Narcos and um, Mandalorian. Yeah, you know. So that's the thing. Like, so like, like, currently. Whoa, was that you? Yeah, I'm sorry. What did you do? I hit the wire of the microphone. Why don't you stop doing that? I didn't mean to. Um, yeah, he he is currently leading probably what I would say is the most popular bit of Star Wars property right now. Yep. But it's a television show. Yeah. You know, it's not it's not one of the movies. Um, not that that means that people aren't going to know who he is. But also the Mandalorian is not really a part where you're seeing Pedro Pascal that much. Yep. And so because of that, I think that that's kind of takes away from some of his you know clout or whatever yeah that's fair even though he's doing amazing acting 
from behind a helmet, you know, it's not, you're not going to necessarily get recognized on the street because of that. But anyway, this movie is a straight up movie star turn from Pedro Pascal. Like he's so fun. He's so funny and charming and you love him. He has the best smile. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I saw, I just now like saw it again. And, um, so he has a really good smile. It's just such a great, it's such a great character. Yeah. And, and, it, and this, this could have been a character that is a caricature, you know, you have somebody who's being tailed by the CIA, who's a, a billionaire, uh, you know, who may or may not be involved with the cartel, and he's a Nicolas Cage super fan. You could very, very much imagine this character getting played in a kind of a Scarface-y way where he's just like a, you know, a rich whatever guy who has all these collections and he, you know what I mean? Like there's a very yeah. specific way that they, that you would not, that Pedro Pascal did not take this character. Not at all. Uh, there's nothing about him that feels like a kind of cliche. Yeah, he doesn't seem like a really um, like a like a what's the word? I was gonna say niche, but like a, a a condescending almost. What's the word? I don't know what you're trying to say. Why don't you try and ex- use your words to I express? I am trying to use my words. It was one of my vocabulary words on my honors English test. And I but what are you trying to express? Like he wasn't like a super over-the-top, like, high-class guy. He just seemed like a, a a genuine, real person. I don't know what word that would be. You know what I mean? I know what you mean, but I don't know what word you were searching don't for. Don't worry about the words. I don't think there is a specific word that means he wasn't a over-the-top, rich, Am whatever. I really going to have to go into my Quizlet? Is, is it a caricature? No. You already said that word. Well, I don't know what other word it would be. Am I really... No, don't go into your Quizlets because it's probably not you probably not even the de- definition of it, right? Whatever, but yeah, I just feel like he wasn't super like super annoying, or you know, you know what I'm you know what no, I'm saying? Yeah, obviously I know he wasn't super annoying. We just said how I know, great and charming I know he that, was. but I'm just saying he wasn't like one of those people being like, oh yes, this film is so wonderful. Oh, he wasn't like pretentious. Pretentious. Thank uh, you. That that is you did not give a very good description of pretentious. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think that uh, he was a kind of a film connoisseur, you know. Yeah. But that and that's one of that kind of brings me to one of the things that I really liked about this movie and why I say it's so mainstream. So the CIA agents are played by do we already say Ike Barinholtz and and Tiffany Haddish, right? So two very funny comic actors. Yes. So you should really start getting a sense of if you haven't already of, of what type of movie this is. You know what I mean? This is like I said, this is a mainstream action comedy, and um. The thing that I really like about it is the movie is obviously made by people who know a lot about film, yep. you know, and uh, they respect it. But this movie really is a celebration of mainstream pop movies, you know, yeah. it's a celebration of movies that are like Con Air, that are like uh, uh, The Rock, uh, that are like Face Off. Forgot to mention that one. Yep. Uh, this is a celebration of those. It's not just a celebration of just the Nick Cage yeah, movies. Yeah, not just Nick which, Cage. Which it is. It is. Yeah. But it's really embracing uh, these kind of movies as being the kind of movies that that everybody watches. You yeah. Know? So they bring everybody together. And, you know, they're, they na- they kind of have it both their cake and eat it too because they name check movies like The House of Dr. Cal- Caligari or I can't remember. What yeah, Caligari. Like, Caligari, yeah. Um, and like classics uh, films that – People who are film snobs or yeah, like connoisseurs, Paddington too, connoisseurs of film. I don't know, just that one. Never mind. 
I'll let you derail me later on. What? But they they t- they name drop these films, so you know that they're film literate, and they they know what the um, how important these kind of classic movies are, these obscure movies are. But then, yeah, they're really celebrating movies that are like the big action movies to the point where then that's what they turn their movie into, right? Yeah. The, the movie ends up morphing into, um, into exactly the kind of Nicolas Cage and pop action movie that they're celebrating. Yeah, and they talk about that whenever they're making their movie, you know? Yeah, because so one little plot point, and again, I don't feel like this is a, a spoiler because it doesn't, it just doesn't matter. Yeah. But one little thing is that uh, at one point, Pedro Pascal and Nicolas Cage decide they're going to try and write a movie together. Yes. So they're trying to come up with like little plot things. But yeah, the, as they put little things into the narrative, and I think we can skim around this because we will get into spoiler territories if we start going into it. Yeah. But as they're talking about stuff that they might put into their movie, those things start getting put into the actual movie. Yeah. Exactly. Like and in, it's... into the real life of the movie, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so now this is the thing that makes it – talking about the movie actually makes it sound more confusing than it actually is whenever you're watching it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, man, I keep saying um over and over again. I'm really struggling today. I think it's because the – I think the studio lights are uh, are making me have heat stroke. I That's wonderful. Some, I need, I need some, a snow cone. Well, do you need a... – Anyway, go ahead. What do you want to say? What do you – what? Do you, what? what do you mean go ahead? No, you were finished with your, with your sentence. I was... You were talking about the screenplay and how they put it in there and that was even happening in the movie? Yeah, so basically it was... Well, you basically already said it. Whatever. Um, Yeah, as they're talking about, like... Because in the beginning they're talking about how they are, like, two two friends will write about ourselves, you know? and And that's what, like, the first half of the movie is. And then as they slowly, like, talk more and more about it, what's happening in the movie happens in their movie right yeah and um yeah just really fun yeah and it's 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 meta in a way where it it it's kind of winking at you like we know that we're being a little bit too clever here but it's not like they're trying to think that they're being smart that's the thing that i really like about it like it is a smart movie for for the type of movie it is and it does have a lot of really fun sly layers but it is not a movie that's there trying to show you how smart it is but and that's what but that's how smart it is. That's what <laughs> Well, that's what I was kind of concerned about with Moon Knight was that with Moon Knight it feels like they are trying to act like they're a little bit more clever than they actually are. Yeah. And I could be wrong. We could we'll find out that for that next week. But this movie really isn't. This is not a movie that's trying to condescend to you. This movie is trying to make sure that you are smiling and having a good time the entire movie. That's the only point of this movie. Yeah. It still has a fun, you know, message about family and not putting your career first, but that's a tale as old as time. That's not even, a, you know what I mean? That's yeah, that's that's like a... It's, like, it's the most cliche kind of thing. But we're, but we're getting it in a really fun way because we're getting it through this really hilarious, very mannered Nicolas Cage performance. Yeah. And he's so aggressively self-absorbed at the beginning that you don't even, you can't even hate him because it's so over the top that you just are like this guy is so insufferable yeah that's so accurate i felt i was like oh he's so terrible and i was like but he's literally playing himself it's just so dumb yeah yeah and and we forgot to mention one other thing uh again this is this is just a reoccurring motif from the beginning of the movie not there's not like a spoiler thing but there's actually two nicholas cages in this movie because nicholas cage also randomly talks to uh his alter ego and Nikki. Ego. Yeah. Sorry. yeah. What? Sorry. You said ego. You said alter ego and I said ego because he has an ego. 
Oh, yes. This is just a funny joke, playing words. Wasn't even a joke or a play on words. It was. I played on words. What, you played ego against the word ego. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Clever. I know. I'm just so smart. Um, but yeah, his alter ego, Nikki, who is played obviously by Nicolas Cage, but as himself around the uh, Raising Arizona or um, Red Rock West Nicolas Cage. So he has the long hair, the jacket. I honestly could have done without those scenes, not because they weren't good, because it's like him talking to himself. And the Nikki version of him uh, uh, is all is all of the id it's all of his arrogance and it's his movie star person persona. Yeah. Um, but I found it so distracting because they de-aged, they use a de-aging technology. And for some reason, because we're watching a de-aged Nick Cage, digitally de-aged, by the way, Nick Cage right next to the real Nick Cage, it yeah. made the uncanny valley effect very disturbing to me to where I couldn't even stand to look at him. I thought it the way his mouth moved and everything was very bothersome. Yeah, he did look kind of weird, but it wasn't that bad for... I didn't think it was too weird. Like, did it look CGI to you? Or did you thought, it, thought it, you didn't even think about it? I didn't think about it until you said it. Just this second? No, whenever you said it in the movie. Oh. Um, well, I probably shouldn't have said anything then, so that let you just go through. Yeah, it. but I can see what you mean. His face kind of seemed, like, too smooth. Yeah, like, that. He digitally de-aging usually does that. Yeah. Um, But it wasn't... I didn't think it was, like, so... It wasn't that distracting to me. No, I mean, I could have d done without it. They could have dropped it out of the movie. I don't think it would have really impacted the movie either way. I agree. And um, if it didn't bother you, it probably didn't bother a lot of other people. So by all means, keep it in. You get two fun Nicolas Cage performances happening at the same time. You know, I think that's totally fine. Yeah. But yeah, I think that we, I think that that's pretty much it. Like, you know, we, that this movie is just so much fun. I just really want everybody to go see it. And... And this is another thing, much like The Rock and a lot of the other movies, this movie isn't a movie that you that people now. Granted, you do your own research. I'm not telling you what to let your kids watch, mm -hmm. but I think this is a perfectly fine movie. Like even not just with my own, you know, I don't care what movies that we watch together within reason, you know. And you've been watching movies for a long time, so I know that I'm a little bit more lax and liberal about like what I, you know, me and Solomon watch together. Yeah, but I think that if especially with this movie, as long as you're watching it with your kids, there just isn't, I don't remember there being a ton of language in it or a ton of gory violence or anything. Yeah. I, I don't think there's, I don't think there'd be any problem with you taking your 13, 14 year olds to go see this movie. Yeah. I don't, there's, it, there's not, I think the only issue is profanity and it's not, it's not even that much. Yeah. And it's not, and it's not like super filthy sexualized language yeah. or profanity at all. Not, you know what I mean? Like if let's say this, if you would let your kid watch Con Air or The Rock or any of those other movies, and The Rock has way more profanity, I think, than this movie does, mm -hmm. um, or any other Michael Bay movie, then I think you're fine. You know, if the only Nicolas Cage movies your kids are allowed to watch is The Croods or National Treasure, then it might be a little bit much. But I think this is actually is a really good, fun family action movie. Yeah. For the most part, as long as you know, like I said, you're comfortable with it. Yeah. We're not going to force anything on you. Well, we're going to take a quick break, um, and when we come back, we'll give you our final uh, score of the movie and let you go about your day. And now, a word from our sponsors.
Welcome back to the Kids Days in the Podcast. Yay! Woo-hoo! Weird. <laughs> All right, well, welcome back to our wrap-up of our discussion, or to the wrap-up of our discussion of the unbearable weight of massive talent. I think we made it very clear that this has been, this is a really fun surprise of a movie. Great way to kick off the uh, summer action movie season with a movie that just is paying homage. I mean, we're not in the summer yet. I know that we're not. But, um... You see, I got so defensive that people might think I don't understand how seasons work. <laughs> it's one of my huge insecurities. Um, but yeah, it's a great way to kick off the summer action movie season with a movie that is about celebrating big popcorn summer action movies. And uh, I love the fact this is a new IP and it's not, we're going to get a lot of Marvel movies. We're going to get a lot of, uh, I think we're getting some G.I. Joe movies again. I don't know why they're deciding that that's going to be a good idea, but... Right, uh, we're getting a Doctor Strange that's pretty soon. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so I know. so excited about that. But this this, this is a love Fresh. letter to movies that were one off movies before every single thing was a sequel or part of a franchise. Yeah, you know? this is a nice, fresh, feel good movie. You know, and a, like a fun action movie. And like honestly, Die Hard. As soon know? as the movie was over, all I wanted to do was go back and watch all those movies. I want to go watch Face Off right now. Like we're gonna leave here probably, and I'm gonna try and go convince everybody to watch Face Off tonight. I should watch that. Yeah, tonight. We'll see. Yeah. I have school tomorrow. So. Probably busy. Uh, obviously, have work. we have a arbitrary scale of how we rate movies, but I do want to be clear that, at least for me, I'm not going to speak for Solomon, I rate movies based on what they're trying to do, right? So if I, you know, give, uh, I almost said Smurfs. <laughs> I almost said Smurfs too. You can talk I meant about to Smurfs. say I meant to say Sonic. If I'm giving like the Sonic the Hedgehog movie the same review that I would give the Godfather three, it's because they're both doing about the same level of thing in the genre of what they're trying to do. It doesn't mean that I think that Sonic the Hedgehog two is as good as the Godfather three, but they both have accomplished their goal. To well, to a point, Godfather three kind of sucks. So Sonic the Hedgehog kind of sucks, but they're okay. both pretty good. Okay, that's what I mean. Wait. Anyway, all that to say. That I am going to give this movie, uh, I think, nine golden guns. That's what mine was going to be. Nine out of ten. Wow, I cannot believe we're on the same wavelength here. Can't believe you're going out of ten. That means I have to go out of five. Okay. Um, even though, no, nah, I'm going to go out of ten. Um, well, now you've taken you've taken it away from me. Oh, my gosh. Just give us your rating. Jeez. I'm going to go for, like, nine... Point five, really? Javi smiles okay. out of ten. <laughs> you wow. took Golden Guns. I didn't know you were going to do that. You didn't tell me. We don't discuss that before. Oh well, yeah, it's a surprise. I didn't think you were going to even remember that, bruh. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for tuning in. Next week we are going to be discussing a movie that is absolutely phenomenal. Um, oh, called Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. This was one of our another one of our favorites. So just been a great. It's been a great opening I'm of the movie. I'm honestly super excited for the next few weeks because we're gonna get everything everywhere, and then we're gonna do the Northman. I assume. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then I think by then Doctor, Doctor Strange. Strange. Yep. So we're gonna have a really fun. Followed by Bob's Burger movie. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a lot of exciting shows. So yeah, definitely uh, tune in. Tune in. Like subscribe. We haven't been we haven't been uh, we haven't been uh, tagging out our show 
But that's because uh, there's like, a tag after. There is. There is a tag. But I just want to let everybody know in advance, we are going to be adjusting some of our social media. So just uh, keep your eyes posted. We'll, be, we'll make sure that we let you know whenever we, whenever we do that. Uh, because we want to be, we want to start engaging with you guys a lot more, and we want to be able to get recommendations for what movies you'd like us to see. Right? There's going to be times when there's not a big new movie to theater every week, and we can go back and watch something that you would like to hear us discuss. Yeah, and uh, I'd I'd love to hear y'all's opinions on the movies. See if you hated it, loved it. Um, if y'all took your kids to see this, and now you're going to yell at my dad. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, definitely make sure to tune in next week for. For everything, everywhere, all at once. And until then, goodbye. Bye. Follow us on Instagram at the Kid in the Pick and on RogueMediaNetwork.com. Till next time. This has been a Rogue Media podcast. <laughs>